Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 101 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for being here this week. In this episode, we have partnered up with MTB Trail Hub. Jamie rides and documents the best trails across Europe from beginner to expert, local forest to bucket list trips. MTB Trail Hub lives to answer questions on the trails you should be planning to ride. You can find and follow Jamie over on his very cool YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook and his podcast, MTB Trail Hub, so please check Jamie's stuff out, you won't be disappointed, and if you're planning any trails or any rides or any holidays in the near future, check out Jamie's YouTube channel and you'll get a load of information there on the most popular European destinations for mountain biking. Now with that in mind, I thought it was fitting to get Jamie on the show this week and tell us about his YouTube channel, how he got started, how he has grown it to the success it is today and how it's got very successful over the last four or five weeks. And um, it's amazing just to see how certain little changes in your videos, certain little changes in how you produce it and edit it and stuff can make a massive difference. And it has done for Jamie. And uh, we chat about that, we chat about his mountain biking and, and how he grew up mountain biking and stuff and how he got into doing the YouTube channel thing and, and why he wanted to go down this route. The man works full time, he's a hard worker, so it's not an easy task indeed. And then we get into the body of the episode, we chat about more zine and Jamie's tips on more zine and how you can best go about visiting that place and it really does sound amazing, it sounds like it's the mega for mountain biking in Europe, so it's, it should be on most people's bucket lists. So it was good to get Jamie on and chat about it. He is doing a three-week part to Morzine, so this week and the following two weeks, Jamie will be chatting about that. So it's good, good stuff. It was great to get Jamie on the show. It was great to have a chat. The guy is a very, very cool fella, and um, I look forward to watching the rest of his shows and chatting to him over the next coming months. Now remember to stick around to the end of the podcast, we'll be chatting with Matt Sanders from the Alaska Mountain Biking Group, uh, just chatting to him about how you can best get started in mountain biking. So if you're new to the sport, you're looking to get into it, Matt has got some great tips for you on how he thinks you should get started and some good avenues to go down to get out on that bike. So sit back folks, enjoy the podcast and um, I've got nothing else to do really but to welcome Jamie onto the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things, bro? Yeah, all good, thanks. It's good to finally get talking to you. Yeah, yeah. We've been emailing back and forth for a while, and um, it's good to get you tracked down. You're a, you're a busy, busy man. Yeah, I think we both are by the sound of that. <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, you have got the the popular YouTube channel, MTB Trail Hub, where you take guys around and show them all the different trails that... Um, a lot of us have on our bucket lists. Um, yeah. It's a cool channel, man. I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and tell me this now. You're just back from Morzine and stuff. How did that go? Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was it was a very busy few weeks. Basically, every year we managed to 
take enough time off work and just spend the most amount of time possible in Morsey. Yeah, but, but you know what? It's I, and I don't want to get into it in too much detail here because I want to chat about it a wee bit more detail later in the show. Yeah. But man, that's a mecca for mountain biking now, isn't it? Oh, it is, and it's it's getting really busy now. It's been we've been going there for about ten years now, and every year it just the queues get a little bit longer, and people are finding out just how sort of epic it is. It's just such a vast area, and you can just get lost in all of these mountains. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks it looks stunning. It looks stunning. So we'll get into that a wee bit later in the show. But first of all, Jamie, I want to know a wee bit about you, if that's okay. Are you cool okay, with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's far away. Yeah, I'm always interested to know how people get into mountain biking because people come into it from so many different directions, and I think it's really cool. Um, So what inspired you to get into mountain biking? What inspired me to get into mountain biking? Um, Well, I think, basically, I ended up doing a summer season in Leger, and um, basically what happened was I took out this old, my dad's old mountain bike, and just I had no idea what was up the mountains or anything. I just turned up with my helmet and this old GT avalanche and um, just went off exploring. And uh, me and a couple of friends, we just we just went up these lifts and just gradually worked our way through every single trail that, that was there. And um, that was where the, the real passion kind of came in. And from there on, it's just been a snowball effect where you're just riding as much as you can, whenever you can. And that's it, really. I mean, before that, as a kid, I was always on the bike, sort of down in the local woods, digging jumps and just being a kid, basically. Um, Yeah, until the Alps, until I found the Alps. And then it was just uh, all good from there, really. Yeah, so did you go, were you working there in the Alps for a year? Yeah, so I did the summer season um, that year and then returned for the next two years um, and then went to Whistler for a year. Oh, wow. And then it was like, well, what what can I do from here? Like, And then ended up sort of coming across the channel a few years later. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, it's been a long, a long road of mountain biking, almost twenty-five years now. Wow! Yeah. So. Really? Wow. Well, that that's awesome. Yeah, but always had a passion for bikes. I mean, it was a big part of it was also motocross as well. I used to do motocross as a kid, um, and then just transitioned across to biking just because of the ease of it. Mm. I mean, I love motocross, but it's just getting the bike ready and getting to all the tracks is just it's such a it can be so stressful whereas with mountain biking you just throw your bike in the back of the car turn up at the trails and it's a bit more social it's just yeah i just kind of like that side of it yeah it's amazing how many people come over from the kind of the motocross or the trials biking or stuff like that yeah i think they they cross over quite well yeah i think mountain biking is just seen as a bit less expensive. That's what would come to mind to me, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, you say that, but they're all, some of the new sort of e-bikes, they're kind of same price as a motocross bike now, if you're going yeah. new. But, yeah, it's getting pretty yeah. crazy, the prices of these bikes. 
Uh, it's awesome, but uh, some of the stuff is awesome. But yeah, the prices the prices are getting up there for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so when you were starting mountain biking and stuff, had you any friends there? What was your local scene like? Um, so I'm going back to when I was a kid. I used to I grew up on this estate, and then basically what we'd do we'd just go knock on each other's doors and be like, "Do you want to come out riding?" And then we'd just go to the local woods. And there was just three or four of us. And we'd just literally spend the summer in the woods digging jumps. <laughs> and it's like nothing serious, just just playing around on the bikes, really. And that's where it all that's where it all got going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and have, have you seen that area change over the years for mountain biking or is there a bigger scene now? Well, I mean, there's not really a scene there at all. There, mm-hmm. It's a tiny little woodland and we just kind of we kind of changed it to how we liked it. We used to do like little mini races around there, um, just having fun really. Um, but then it re- when it really got going was when we're in, in Leger and sort of half of the staff of the hotel used to ride and the other half used to just go hiking and, and not really do too much riding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's the scene in Leger has got, has got big, definitely mm-hmm. got popular. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Uh, right, let's chat about your YouTube channel then, um, MTB Trail Hub. Yeah. So tell us a wee bit about your YouTube channel. Um, how long have you had the channel for? So it's been going just over a year now. And basically, I started it because I was out, I was on YouTube and I was thinking, I want to go and ride to the, uh, go and check out these trails. And then I'd look at the videos and there was just, there was nothing there that sort of told the story of the place and sort of more than I just wanted more than just a, a video clip of someone riding down the trail. Mm. So I decided to go there and I wanted to find out the details and talk a little bit about the trails, show a few sections just so people know what to expect when they arrive. If you may, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to try and create like a a go-to platform where people want to where people can discover new trails. And at the moment, that's just around Europe and mainly the UK. But hopefully, in the future, we can get over to Canada and the US. Maybe who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it certainly is is cool, and I think it's really neat to be able to watch some of your movies if you're going over to the likes of Morzine or Leger or wherever and um, you can see what to expect. You know, it's yeah. it's a real eye-opener and I think you can plan your trip around that better. So um, are you getting feedback like that from people watching your videos? Yeah, I've been getting some good feedback. Um, you get the odd message, which is really nice, about people saying, oh, I went here because because I saw your video and it is a great feeling and then you get odd people sort of messaging out and asking how to get to certain bits in the trail and um yeah i mean if i can make people's trip better that's that's what it's all about really mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i it's good it's great and uh you know the youtube channel in general seems to be so so popular um so why did you choose YouTube over maybe another channel to do something similar? Was it the video thing you thought you needed to just make what you wanted to do happen? 
Yeah, I think so, because YouTube's a bit more of a, a long-form platform base, so you can post longer videos. Obviously, you've got Instagram and stuff, which is short clips. But I've always had a bit of a, a love and a passion for cameras. So it's kind of like a merge of two things, where my love for cameras and getting good shots, and then the love for mountain biking. It was kind of like the perfect marriage almost. Mm-hmm. And so I'm quite happy to spend time getting better shots, whereas some people might just want to ride, and that's that's what they want to do. Whereas I'm quite happy to get the drone out and find the right shots, try and make the video as, as good as possible. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. And, uh, you know, I think you have found um, a format that really works well for you. Um, I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if this was something you done, you planned, or something that's just come naturally to you. But I love like watching your bike park wheels videos. The way you would have a section showing from like your chest cam. Is that how you call it? Chest cam. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of from your chest cam riding the trail, and yeah. then you would cut to yourself, kind of standing talking about certain sections of the trail things like that i think that really works and it's very different how did you come up with that idea um i think i just kind of stumbled across it um when i was on a recent trip over in austria um there was a really tricky black section and it had some really big drops and jumps and naturally we were just kind of walking through the trail and being like all right we need to approach it like this and make sure you come off of that part of the line and i i didn't even realize i had my gopro on mm-hmm. and um and then i checked back through the footage and i was like that's actually quite good quite like that and then i applied it again to the bike park wales videos and people seem to love it um and i think it definitely adds another part to the video that you wouldn't usually get on others on other videos mm-hmm. you get a bit uh, like a different perspective on the trail which is what I'm trying to show, kind of like the inside story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it works really well. And, you know, I can just imagine people that have watched your video and they're coming down to this section where you have stopped and showed it from a different angle and stuff and chat about it. And I can just see people coming down and saying, this is the section Jamie was talking about on his video. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? it looks a lot more difficult in person. It does on the GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could just see that, man, for sure. Um, now... As far as quality goes and all, your videos are very, very good. Um, is that something you started out with initially, that the quality had to be? Because there's videos you watch on YouTube and elsewhere that <clears throat> after watching them for two or three minutes, you, you can't anymore. You just feel actually quite sick um, yeah. with the motion and stuff. So that was that something you wanted to get right from the start? Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to do the best I could. Um, but I look back on my early stuff and it's it's pretty bad like there's no there's no real story to the day it's just a bit of riding but i used to watch quite a lot of bkxc videos mm-hmm. and he wears the gimbal or used to wear the gimbal and i thought having that is a game changer compared to just strapping the gopro on the helmet because it gets quite shaky and but yeah i've always thought i need to produce the best video i can i think it's just um a personal thing really just want to make sure i'm putting out my best stuff and, and that's all i'm happy with really mm-hmm. 
yeah it's cool apart from the crowd i suppose because it's quite a crowded game out there on youtube yeah it is it's really like there is a stat i can't remember i read it six or seven months ago there's a statistic about youtube and there's something like is it like four hundred and forty thousand videos loaded up a day or something or oh yeah it's it's crazy like it's i think it's the second biggest search engine on the internet and then google's the first and google owns youtube so it's yeah, once you can crack that nut, you should be doing all right. Yeah, that's scary. Very popular. <sighs> but I think people are seeing that it's possible to maybe try and live your dream. And kind of it's the barrier to entry is zero, isn't it, really? Anyone can try it. Mm-hmm. So it just leaves loads of people giving it a go, which is, which is good. Mm-hmm. But it means you've got to try and be better than the, the last person. Well, yeah. that's how I view it anyway. Yeah, and it's interesting you were talking about Brian Kennedy there of um, BKXC because I've had mm. Brian on the podcast and um, oh yeah, yeah he's a he's a cool guy like and yeah. you know I don't know I'm not just sure why Brian's channel got so popular so fast yeah um, he was he was just in at the right time I think but he's got yeah. a real good personality on the on the camera and. <laughs> um, he really does work hard at it. When you chat to the fella, he mm. really, really does work hard. You know, people think you just go out and film your runs and that's it. And it's yeah. as easy as that. But you know, and I know that it's nowhere near as easy as that. No. Um, now, Brian obviously is full time at it and he's definitely living the dream. Yeah, um, he sure is. Yeah, yeah. Now, just for the listeners and, and everybody else, uh, you're still working nine to five, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a self-employed builder, carpenter, mainly a carpenter, but end up doing a load of building as well. Um, and because I'm self-employed, it kind of allows me to be free of my hours so I can put more time into this, into the channel. It'd be hard to do it otherwise, I think. Um, but yeah, still working the, the nine to five and then coming home and then working on the channel till the dark hours. <laughs> yeah it's tough man it is yeah it's a tough game it's like you were saying it's not it's not as easy as it looks but i think it's one of those things you you put a lot of effort in up front and then hopefully you can kind of reap the rewards later Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's good fun though that's the other thing if it wasn't enjoyable then you would have i would have given up months ago but because i i love editing I love riding, and hopefully something can become of it one day. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, really. Mm-hmm. So is that would that be your long-term plan um, to make it into your full-time gig? Yeah, definitely. The ultimate goal is, the goal was from the outset, is to try and create uh, an income based around mountain biking. So whether it be coaching, guiding, YouTube, could be anything but I was just kind of sick and tired of just the job I was in. And I'm just, well, still, I don't really enjoy it. It's just means to an income. And I was thinking life's too short for this. I want to do, like you see BKXE, he's living his dream. And I was like, I want a bit of that as well. Um, so now it's, but now it's tricky at the moment because you're trying to work full time and then cram these trips in. And um, the wallet 
the wallet takes a hammer in that's for sure mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's true and it costs money to do this stuff just not in time but um it costs money to do all these trips and I'm I'm kinda lucky in a way with the podcast. I can do it via a computer. Yeah. Where I, you know, you obviously have to go on the ground, get the wheels on the trails. Yeah. Uh, and film. So yeah. Um but in saying that it's 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 a great excuse to go places and ride, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's um another part of it is just all the old friends and the new people that you meet from it, which I never even thought about. Um you end up going to all these places and it's the biking, just just having a bike and having a purpose, which is the channel at the moment. But it takes you to these crazy places and sometimes you just get to the top of the mountain and you just take it in and you think, yes, like I'm, I'm doing something right, doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's the community thing around the mountain bike scene is amazing, you know. Yeah, it's really good, actually, compared to a lot of other sports, I think everyone's very a lot of mountain bikers are just very friendly happy to help and just very approachable i think you would have probably agree with that Mm um yeah it's a very it's a good sport like unlike motocross i mean i wouldn't want to slag off any (laughs) motocross riders but the the scene in motocross is completely different to mountain biking and you wouldn't think they would be really Mm. but yeah there's a, a friendly crowd at a mountain bike race and at the trail center it's good yeah definitely there's a real sense of community about it and um it's cool man it's really cool and i think it keeps a lot of people doing it and you know people are very they're very nice to newcomers coming in and they're keen to see new people starting and yeah definitely you know it's it's so different from a lot of other stuff yeah, it definitely is. It's um, it's a growing sport as well, isn't it? It's, I'm not sure if it's just me, but you go to the trails now, and it's there's so many people there. Everyone's everyone wants to get involved with it. It's mm-hmm. a really it's a growing sport. It's really good to see. Yeah, it's brilliant. It really is. It really is. Um, so, Jamie, how many hours do you think you you uh, put into your channel per week? Oh. <laughs> Have um, you actually looked at that number? I uh, didn't. It scared I me. Record it, but um, it's it's definitely sort of six nights a week. So from sort of six till eleven, twelve ish, and then I might get the odd day off, and I'll just like weekends. If I'm not riding, I'll just be editing. I've pretty much kind of knocked my social life on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't see a lot of my old friends which is a shame um unless i'm at the trails riding so yeah i wouldn't like to put a number on it to be honest but, um, yeah <laughs> full commitment it's serious commitment man it's serious commitment um and it's one of those things you do for a while and then you think you know what i need to monetize this i need to get something out of this have you have you thought about that have you thought about the patreon thing have you thought about ways you can monetize your channel yeah i thought about it um i did think about the patreon thing but something doesn't sit quite right to asking people for money i'm not sure well i don't see it's nothing wrong with it and a lot of people make success of it but it's it's just not the way i'd like to go with things i think i'm possibly thinking of 
taking a coaching course or a guiding course and offering that alongside the channel mm-hmm. um also i've i've teamed up with a friend who has a chalet in france and we're going to try and run a a mountain bike holiday next summer mm-hmm. so that's the plan we're going to kind of tour around four different bike parks riding sort of single track and bike park and try and provide a, a package holiday mm-hmm. so yeah that's- so just other avenues yeah just other avenues to fund yeah it. yeah i think so i mean offer a good holiday and you'd think people would would like that and then mm. i can make the videos for the trails as well so it's kind of like a a little circle that kind of ticks around mm-hmm. and then the guys that go to the holidays are in the video as well and they get something else out of it and yeah yeah as well yeah i think so some cool. people some people love being on video some people hate it <laughs> there was a few i used to kind of do a kind of like mini interviews and it it just i've stopped doing them now just because people just freeze up and um it just i don't know it just doesn't work quite as well so it's got got to be off the cuff i think yeah totally you have to uh, you have to hide behind a couple of trees or something and not let them see you filming that's it <laughs> and the especially my girlfriend soph she's she's the worst for it we'll be out riding as we'll be like talking about our trails all fine i'll turn the camera on and she'll clock it straight away and then just freeze up <laughs> and then just, i can't do it i can't do it um <laughs> so yeah as soon as the red light's on people just change but yeah it, yeah yeah, it's crazy. Now let's chat a wee bit about the growth of your channel because uh, yeah. you you have now over two thousand subscribers. Yeah, uh, which is which is e- easily insane, man. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now your last few videos have been getting great views. Like you're well over ten thousand. Um, yeah, views on your videos. Like, what do you put this down to? How's it got so popular so quickly there? Um, I think a lot of it's uh, trial and error. So you release a video, it does terribly or it does well, and you can kind of think, right, okay, I, that worked there, and then I'll do a little bit more of that next time. And you can kind of sculpt things and and tweak things that you know might work well. So for the Bike Park Wales videos, I was looking on the search bar, and there's loads of Bike Park Wales videos, and they're all kind of sort of 15, 20 minutes long, and they're just riding every single trail and I was like well hang on like if you're a beginner you're going to want to know just what the blues are like Mm -hmm. and then you might want to progress onto the reds and then even the blacks so I sort of broke it down into three 10 minute videos and um, people love bike park whales it's people go mad for it so those videos did did really well and the channels just over the last month has jumped up quite significantly mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's just just about trial and error i think and finding places that people want to ride because that's the other part of it is you go and make a video from Salbach in austria and i'm sure you, you probably haven't heard of Salbach in austria and people don't search for it they don't find it then mm. that's kind of no point in having it there if no one's going to watch it yeah, yeah, I've only heard of it from a snowboarding, skiing kind of background. I would never have known about it for mountain biking. Yeah, it's it's really good there. I think 
maybe when I think when you have a bigger channel, sort of over, I, I wouldn't like to put a number on it, but like ten plus thousand subscribers, then you can almost ride anywhere and people will watch it. So I think maybe down the future I might start visiting these smaller places and then showing those to the public. If you know if that makes sense. Yeah, certainly like small hidden gems. Well, not small, but hidden gems, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because there's so many out there. In that Austria trip, there was... You don't kind of realize how much mountain biking is going on out there until you mm. arrive. And then you you look at the map and they've got these huge loops, um, multiple bike parks all within sort of half an hour drive of each other. And you're just like, this is, this is good. No mm. one in the UK really talks about it but they need to know. (laughs) Yeah, certainly. And, you know, it's interesting because I was reading a report online the other day about the ski seasons and about a lot of the ski areas now we know are catering for mountain biking via the summer. But they're saying that a lot of these ski areas are now having to almost close through the winter. Now, not the bigger ones like Morzine and stuff, but... A lot of the small ones, like there's been, you know, hundreds of small kind of local ski areas have closed over the last 10 or 12 years in Italy alone, right. which blew my mind. But anyway, oh, wow. I didn't even know there was that many, but, you know, we're talking small kind of local ones. Um, yeah. But they're saying that the places like Morzine, the bigger places and stuff like that, which kind of are leading the way the smaller resorts have to look at that because their snow season's getting so short now yeah that if they don't do something over the summer like mountain biking and whatever then they're not going to be able to operate enough and be open long enough to you know to create the funds that they need to stay open so they're going to have to do something like this in the near future so that's really interesting for mountain biking yeah yeah, I think so. It's, it's global warming. Yeah. It's crazy. Because it was, I think it was a year ago or a couple of years ago, um, li- there was a lift in Leger opened in sort of November, December, because they hadn't oh, had no. the snow yet. So people were just waiting for it. And they were like, well, screw it. Let's just open the lifts for bikers. And people were out there riding in the winter over there, which isn't good, but it is for mountain bikers, I suppose. Um but it is, yeah, you can definitely see the effects of the old global warming. Mm-hmm. I won't want to get into it too deep on this podcast, but <clears throat> the the level of the lake up at the Montreal is getting lower every year. It's quite scary to see. Yeah. And I suppose when you're in areas like that, you, you see that kind of stuff happening. Yes. Yeah. Just from the last 10 years of being there, you can see the difference, especially on the the more Lake Montreal in Morzine used to be able to jump in off of the rocks from certain points. And now you look at it and there's just a, like a big patch of mud. Um, uh, it is scary. It is really scary, but um, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. can you do really? Uh, it's, you know, I'll do your part, I think. And yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. It's scary times for sure. Um, so are you happy with the growth of the channel, Jamie? Happy the way things are going so far? Um, yeah, very happy. Very happy indeed. Um, it seems to be one of those things that could possibly snowball. So it starts off really slow and then gradually grows more and more and more. You just have to keep um, keep feeding the beast with the videos, keep putting them out there. 
and um yeah i'm happy with it really happy mm-hmm. that's cool man that's cool um what's been your kind of most favorite time up until now what have you enjoyed most about the growth of your channel i've enjoyed most about the growth of the channel um <clears throat> i think it's got to be obviously discovering all of these these new places because a lot of the places in the videos i haven't been to either until until the video um and also just rekindling old friendships because when you put yourself out there people reach out to you because they know you as like the mountain bike guy so you get quite a few offers from friends oh let's i've got this trip coming on like let's do it and just just that really meeting new people it's a big part Mm -hmm. of it now and i didn't expect it to be yeah it's that is the cool thing about it man eh? isn't it it, yeah. it really is yeah um, definitely definitely yeah um like this episode is about you but just to tell you a small story about the the, the tribe podcast yeah i was in the car park one day and i was getting changed and this guy come walking over to me and i thought he was going to ask for a lend a pump or a spare tube or something yeah and um he just come up and he says, are you, are you Garth from the MTV Tribe podcast? And I was like, yeah. That's, and he's like, he shook my hand and all. And that just blew me away. Yeah. Well, especially like, that's crazy. Yeah, especially people probably don't know what you look like anyway. So he must, yeah. he must have heard your voice. Well, I had an MTV Tribe logo on the side of the van. So oh, that would be the one. That would be the one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's cool, man. And that's, that's a surprising thing about it. Yeah. And you know, for me, I just want to, I started the podcast because I want to get more involved in the mountain bike scene. And yeah. it opened up doors for me to chat to people that I would never, ever get the opportunity to chat to. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool, man. There's all these side things that you don't think about which happen and make it worthwhile at the end of the day. Yeah, you must meet loads of people doing your podcast. Good, yeah. Good make friends, I suppose. I, well, when I'm away, because I'm away from Ireland at the minute, it's a bit different. But when I get home, um, I'm going to try and do some ride outs and stuff like that and get to know a lot of these. You know, I, I know what the guys look like, but I want to shake their hands, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. So, you have to, um, if you're interested, come and stay with us out on this holiday. Come dude, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. You know, yeah. the worst part about having a podcast, and you're probably going to find it now with the YouTube channel, you get invitations all around the world yeah and i'm just going to have to do a worldwide trip or something that's it <laughs> when the podcast is making its millions <laughs> back and uh, do a bkxc trip <laughs> yeah and hook up and that'd ah, be amazing it'd be amazing it's an excuse to do something huh? now i want to ask you something jimmy because um we all go into these kind of lumps and stuff um do you ever get fed up with having to make another video, edit, and etc.? Do you just want to go out and ride your bike and say, you know what, I'm not taking the camera with me today? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely you have those moments. I mean, sometimes towards the end of an edit, you've been staring at it for like three days, and you're just like, oh, right, just need to get this done. But then you have to make the thumbnail and do all the other titles and stuff. And it's at that point, sometimes you think, right, I'm ready to start afresh. Um, but it's, it's strange, actually. I've kind of just got used to having the cameras now. I don't, it doesn't bother me too much. I mean, it would be nice, actually, to go riding without a camera. Mm-hmm. 
and it doesn't happen very often. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't had a massive slump from the channel yet. I suppose it's still relatively new, just over a year. Um, but now I genuinely just love it. Genuinely love it. That's cool, man. You need that passion, and you know you need that to keep the stoke. I think definitely, yeah. That's it. I mean, I think the drive to to take this to where I want it to go is enough to make me think. Right now, I I don't mind wearing the camera because it beats hopefully one day working the nine to five. It's like a small sacrifice to to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if it all works out. But if mm-hmm. not, then it's been a blast just getting better at editing and meeting loads of people and riding new trails. So it's, it's kind of like a win-win really. Yeah. And also yeah. Um, it's an excuse I can give to Soph. I've got to go and film for the channel. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be around this weekend. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, works quite nicely actually. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Okay. Now let's chat a wee bit about Morzine then, Jimmy, because you're yeah. lunching, you have, um, is it a three weeks, uh, three weeks of Morzine video coming out now? Yes. Yeah. So that's coming out. Um, basically I'm repeating the bike park Wales trilogy and doing it in Morzine. So creating three videos, one based at beginners so we put together a really good, uh, a really good loop that includes a lot of greens and blues, and it kind of takes you around a few resorts um, and somewhere that you might not usually go to unless someone was showing you. So that's the aim of the beginner, the beginner video, because I think a lot of beginners they get overwhelmed if they were going there. They think, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. But there is this green loop is is ideal for a beginner um and then same for the red trails and the black trails on the black trails we went and sessioned all of the the big jumps and had a few close calls Mm. (laughs) came out the other side smiling and then as for the reds as well we went for a bit of uh, an explore over to switzerland and there's a trail uh, you can you get on the chairlift in France and get off in Switzerland and you just, it's just incredible. The trails are unreal there and it's so quiet as well. So I think you guys are in for a bit of a treat. Awesome. Awesome. Um, like, so you've been going to Morzine for quite a while, have you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, 10 years when I did my first season out there working out there. And then ever since it's been kind of on and off. But yeah, I'm there most years, really. Mm-hmm. So what's the scene like now compared to what it was like 10 years ago? 10 years ago, um, I'd say it's it's very similar, but there's just more people in town now. Mm-hmm. So there'll be queues for the lifts where there usually wasn't. Um, but other than that, it's, it's quite similar. Some of the trails are they get a bit blown out because of the amount of people that are there. So the, the trail guys, they've got their work cut out, really keeping on top of all of the, the braking bumps and stuff. And you, you kind of get to know the trails that get cared for more than the others. So you, you can avoid the rough trails if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, not not a huge amount actually. Yeah, because I seen. I'm not sure if it was Morzine or Leger you were in, and there was one of your videos, and you had videoed you were basically just riding up beside a queue of people waiting to go on the lift. Um, like that, <laughs> that looked that looked crazy. Was Where that, was that? Was that on my Instagram? It could have been Instagram. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was. Yeah. So we got down to the lift with that right get down there nice and early but that turns into about half ten um and then every man and his dogs going up the lift um and it was yeah it was a 45 minute queue to get up. oh man but that that's literally the most popular part of morzine at peak time it's like rush hour on the trails mm-hmm. but then you, you head there at lunchtime everyone's stopped they've gone for lunch and you've got the lift to yourself again and then they yeah. come back. It kind of comes in waves. <laughs> um, it's great. It is crazy. But it's got this year was definitely the busiest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So when you is it like when you go snowboarding or skiing? Uh, there's certain choke points at lifts, but once you get up the mountain, everybody spreads out. There's a bit of space. There's a bit of room. Um, def. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. There's certain parts which, like the super morzine lift everyone knows how good it is there and they put loads of care into the trails so a lot of people just they just go there and they'll they'll go to morzine every year and they'll just ride um super morzine and leger and they'll kind of forget about the rest of the mountain mm-hmm. or the rest of the area which you can go to the quiet parts which are quite far away and you have to spend probably an hour or so getting there, but then you get there and you've got the place to yourself. Um, wow. Yeah. Just kind of got to know where to go, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So what about costings and stuff like that? Is it expensive to stay there? It can be, but it can also be really cheap. So if you if you get a few of your buddies together, you can get a self-catered chalet, uh, relatively cheap this time we got a six bed i think we paid give or take around 200 ahead mm-hmm. and that was we had a really nice chalet it was about five minute cycle to the lift you can walk straight into the heart of morzine um so you can do it on the cheap um but obviously there's also the really nice hotels there you can stay there and well the the pricing, the price list is never ending, really. You can spend as much as you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you camp there as well, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, of course. There's um, a really nice campsite in Leger. Um, it's based kind of at the top of one of the mountains. So it's a bit of a drive to get there, about, 50, about 10 to 15 minutes to get up there. But then you've got incredible views up there. You, you're looking at Mont Blanc. You <laughs> You draw, wow. draw up the zip from your tent and you're looking at Mont, Mont Blanc. It's unreal. And That's they've crazy. got like a jacuzzi up there. There's a pool. What? Yeah, it's crazy. You've never seen it in a campsite. It's lovely. Um, Could you actually call that a campsite? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. People go up there and they, they set up base camp. They, they get all their gazebos up and stuff. They stay there for a couple of weeks, some people. Yeah, and, and I'm... I'm Sorry, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a bit more expensive than your normal campsite, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's around it's between fifteen and twenty uh, euros a night. 
so it's not the cheapest but it's it's cheap in terms of every other um accommodation you can get there yeah so is that for a tent or is that per person or what way does that work uh, per person yeah right okay so yeah it works out works out cheap but it's you're paying for the best mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i take it they have toilets there showers oh yeah yeah bike wash, all that kind of thing everything you could want and you can access that via via the one of the trails as well so you can almost ride into the campsite wow so, but yeah if you want to be fairly experienced rider to be able to do that trail though because it's like a bit of a secret line but it is possible okay cool um and as far as morzine goes itself the kind of town eating out yeah. stuff to do in the evenings what's all that like what's that kind of social scene like well it's it's funny actually because you've got leger and morzine they're about five kilometers apart and you've got different atmospheres in both places so in Leger, it's a bit more family orientated and go to Morzine and it's more kind of biker groups. And so you've got like, there's a nightclub in Morzine, like quite a few bars. And then in Leger, there's just a couple of quiet bars and um, a bit more of a chilled night out. Um, mm-hmm. As for the food, there's just, the food's incredible there. If you, if you do go, you must make sure you try a fondue or a raclette because it's just, it's basically all the cheese you can possibly eat. <laughs> it's like all you can eat cheese buffet and it just melts onto your plate and it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and as far as food and stuff goes, I suppose it's a wee bit more expensive than you would pay at local places. But once they have you up there, they have you, eh? they've got you nabbed. That's it, yeah. If you're looking for lunch out on the mountain, obviously, I, the way I view it is the higher up you are, the more expensive it's going to be. So the cheapest way you could do it is go to the supermarket in the morning, buy all your supplies, make some sandwiches, take them in your bag, or you could just eat out on the hill and it's it's a nice atmosphere. Um, yeah, it does cost a few quid, though. It's There's a lot of places doing kind of like burger and chips for sort of 15 to 20 euros. Right. so yeah it's not cheap but it's you're eating with a view a lot of the time yeah yeah it's similar to this the ski stuff and everything like that you're you're having to spend 10 to 20 euro on something pretty simple yeah definitely yeah okay so that's that's good advice for sure um let's talk about the bike stores there what are they like they all the shops yeah uh, they know how to charge. <laughs> they know how to charge. Um, but yeah, you, I think any tips I can pass on would be get your bike in the best shape possible before you leave. Maybe take some spare pads and like a derailleur hanger if you're if you're keen, so you can avoid having to go to the shops. Um, but it's inevitable when you're out there, something's going to break and you're going to need something. Um, and yeah, it's, it is expensive. There's a good shop that does servicing called uh, Jaff VTT. He's um, like a suspension specialist, and he's he does kind of like UK rates, which is which is good. And he'll turn it around overnight, so that's a a good one. And also, 
there's a guy in Morzine called uh, Startline MTB, and they do servicing and bike hire. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, they're really good as well. So there's a couple of shops there that are worth a look. Yeah, cool, because that's always an issue, I suppose, if you're going for the first time, you don't really know where to go. You're going to go to the first place to get something done as quickly as you can, and then you're going to be paying big bills to get something repaired. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can't avoid it. You're just, mm-hmm. just going to have to do it. Um, but I was my bike kind of fell apart a bit on the last day, and I was looking for a specific giant nut. Um, it kind of rattled loose, and then the, the through bolt was just going to fall out. So I had to go around every single shop in Leger and quite a few in Morzine just to find this one nut. And it was crazy the reaction you get speaking to all the shop owners. Some of them just couldn't care less, right? No, no, don't need, don't have it, go away. And then others were going through every every bit of tool station they had, like, oh, we'll find this, we'll make it happen. Um, so yeah, it was quite funny actually getting to see all the different shops and their reaction. You get to find out the good and the bad mm-hmm, very quickly. Mm-hmm yeah is there many english guys working over there oh yeah it's morzine's kind of probably 50 50 english to french wow um yeah there's a lot of english there a lot of people go there for the summer and um and same in leger really although leger is a bit more french a bit more mm-hmm. french but yeah mm-hmm. very english Cool. So let's chat a wee bit about the trails then and the network. Is the network easy to navigate and things? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's it's easy to get overwhelmed because the map's so big. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty well. You get the piece map out and you've just got, yeah, it's all marked out there. It's the thing that does get a little bit um, daunting is if you're planning a trip over to, say, Switzerland or, or a bit further away then you have to make sure you get these connecting lifts back. Otherwise you can get stuck. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be an expensive taxi ride home. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all, it's all very well signposted and, and marked out. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Cool. And you see when you're buying a lift pass, do you mean, is it the same as the ski thing where you can buy like a local pass or you can buy an all area pass? Does it work like that? Um, I think it does for walkers, but for biking, it's just um, it's the whole area pass. Okay, so you get Morzine and Leger together? Yeah, well, you get the whole area. It's, it's 12 resorts, I think, in total, and it's all covered on one pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it, what does it cost? It's around, it's around sort of 140-ish euros for the week. Okay. And that's not too bad that's actually cheaper than a ski pass oh yeah yeah it's definitely cheaper but then you go to there's other resorts in europe and you go there and it's 10 dot 10 euros a day it's crazy mm. so Morzine's actually one of the more expensive places but it is it's still well priced still well priced and you mm. get a lot of, you get a lot for your money really considering a day at bike park wales is going to cost you 42 quid or you can get a week's lift in the Alps for 140. Yeah. 
Aye, that's nuts, sir. Eh? It's probably down to economies of scale and stuff like that, and yeah. so many people going up the mountain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Um, as far as trails in Morzine and trails in Leger, what would the different styles be? Or if somebody was going there for the first time, where would you advise them to go? What kind of tips would you give them? Um, so the difference between Leger and Morzine, Leger is a bit more of a mellow a mellow hill actually uh, saying that they both have mellow sides and then there's other lifts which are steeper um i suppose you just kind of find out but via trial and error but um if you're a beginner um you definitely want to go towards the super morzine zor lift and there's some really good runs there um and if you're looking for the really steep technical stuff, you go over to Morzine, the Plenty Run, and there's just loads of ridiculously steep trails there. Mm. Yeah, and I'm sure you see some local rivers there, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you think you're doing all right until you go somewhere like that and you see the stuff that they're doing. Um, yeah. You see quite a few pros, actually. If you go out there the right time of the year, there's a lot of pros in Morzine. It's a perfect place to practice. Yeah. Um, now, watching your videos and stuff, you're a very capable rider. Like, you're a good rider. Oh, um, and you're doing drops and stuff, and it's all all very good, very high skills. Um, to a beginner or somebody that's never been to that scene before, would you just advise looking at drops because that's one thing i noticed in your video you're very very cool the way you go you would look at a drop and you would show yourself looking at it before you actually attempt it and stuff like that would you advise doing stuff like that and just not kind of following the person in front of you because you just don't know what's there yeah i mean well some people they just they don't care do they they just follow whoever whereas i've always i would always look at something before i'm going off of it even if it's like a little two foot drop I'll always be there scoping it out, making sure that it's not going to be a 10 foot drop. Um, And yeah, I I suppose the way to approach it is just to start small and, and work your way up slowly and then your confidence can build and then it kind of snowballs from there really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it must be cool getting lifts up to the top all day. Oh yeah. you, You get so much riding in. You you have all the ambition in the world when you arrive, right, I'm going to ride first lifts till last lifts, and then you do probably about three hours, and you can't feel your hands, and you're just, you're just completely shot, because you're used to riding stuff in the UK, or your local stuff, and you're, you're basically doing, this is what I heard from someone, and it sounds about right, a week's worth of riding in the UK compares to a day in the Alps mm-hmm. and if you're there for a week you just you can see your skills progress throughout the week and but you do get tired do you get yeah. tired yeah that's cool man that's cool <clears throat> would you advise people to go at any particular time of the year like when's the best to go for for less crowds and price and things like that I don't I think the price is the same okay as long as the lifts are open um if you want to avoid the crowds, it's obviously good to go either right at the beginning or the end. So I think they open the lifts in mid-June. So that would be a good time to go. But it's well worth checking on the website 
the Port de Soleil website that all the lifts are going to be open because some of them open at different times and then you might miss a connector lift, which means Mm -hmm. you can't access that part of the hill. So I'd make sure it's all open, but I'm pretty sure everything's fully open uh, sort of end of June, 100% everything will be open and it runs through till early September. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted quiet lifts, probably mid-June, uh end of or early september mm-hmm. would be a good time to go yeah so just start and end of the season kind of thing yeah i think so yeah yeah I reckon. but it's hard so, isn't it to pull that out of the bag a lot of people have kids and they kind yeah. of have to go in the holidays that's right that's right um so what's the best thing about the area for you jimmy like what keeps you going back there i think it's just how vast the area is and almost every time you go, you end up stumbling across something new. Mm-hmm. And you can you can just have a real adventure there. Um, I think that's it, really. You can't beat just getting the lift up and riding down. I don't care what anyone says. Like, I love <laughs> good pedal, too. But mm-hmm. when there's a chairlift there and you can ride like a thousand meter descent off of a lift, you'd be crazy not to yeah so it's just that really just the pure amount of biking you can get done in a week cool have you got a favorite trail there i thought you were going to ask me this um i was thinking about it in the shower earlier and i i can't choose one um but i really love the area of um what's it called the there's an area uh the crozettes so there's a chairlift called Crozettes, the one I was telling you about that starts in France, ends in Switzerland. Mm. And then it's you drop over the other side. It's a red run. <clears throat> it's in it's in the red video, actually, that will be coming out next week. Um, and you've just got the most incredible views. And you drop down the other side, and there's another chair there, and there's two runs there that are just, just top-notch, top-notch. Classic. They don't so that's, actually... that's a not to miss. Oh, sorry. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're okay. I was just saying that's a that's a not to miss. Oh, 100%. But people don't go there. People don't go. I don't understand it. But if you carry on, there's another couple of lifts past that. And you get to a place called Morjan. And there's four runs there. And the trail builders are just, they know what they're doing. Everything links perfectly. There's a blue a red, a black, and like a yellow. And you can gradually work your way through them. Some of them have got big jumps. Some of them have got really nice flowy berms. It's just, it's just absolute bliss. Love it. Classic. And that's a bit quieter there as well. Yeah, definitely is. I think because it is so far away, I think you, it's as far away as the pass will take you. So you, ideally you want to drive across it take about an hour to drive across and then you can kind of come back whenever you like because mm-hmm. also just next to that there's a there's a bar and they've got a pump track outside with bikes that you can use so you mm. just you can just finish the day if you've got any energy left from the trails you can go to the pump track and have a couple of beers and ride some pump track it's uh, <laughs> a dream <laughs> sounds amazing man sounds yeah. amazing 
So, Jamie, before I let you go, um, what's the future for MTB Trail Hub? What, what's your plans? Have you any plans, near future plans you can let us know about? Um, future plans? Well, just to keep on keep on exploring new places, making more videos, and then concentrate maybe a bit more on the coaching or guiding. I haven't decided which avenue I'm going to go down yet. And then also with these um, holidays out in the Alps. So that's going to be hopefully a bit of a plan for next summer. Sounds amazing. Yeah. You have plenty going on. Um, and with a full-time job as well, it's not easy, but you're you're doing a great job of it, I must say. Oh, thanks a lot, Gareth. means a lot. Yeah, cool, man. So, how can how can somebody find out about what you're doing? Because you have the you have the uh, YouTube channel, you have your own podcast now. Um, yeah. You have a few things happening. How can people best keep updated with what you're doing? Um, I think mainly on on YouTube. So, I've kind of managed to get everything at MTB Trail Hub. So, if you search MTB Trail Hub anywhere, you should find it. I like to think I kind of cover all the bases. So you like podcasts? Yeah, I've got you there. You like watch it on video? Yeah, I've got that. And then I try and do daily updates on Instagram too uh, and Facebook. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what I can. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Isn't that what you have to do nowadays? Yeah. But the, the ultimate goal is to provide the value. That's uh-huh. my ultimate. Everything that I post I think to myself, what is this person going to get from this? So I try every single post has to have some kind of value proposition to you guys. Otherwise, it's just it's kind of pointless. Yeah, and I think that's what makes your site different um, and Brian Kennedy's and things like that because it has a purpose. Yeah. You know, it's not just seeing some guy going down a trail. You don't really know where it is. You don't know you know where they're going or you know but but yours is very well laid out and it's really educational in a way so it's it's pretty cool man yeah thanks a lot i think it's kind of your personality as well i mean Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of what i'm like anyway i quite like kind of helping people and it's kind of come out that way in the videos and stuff so yeah hopefully people can carry on carry on learning about the trails through the videos cool man well it's uh it's amazing i'm really looking forward to these three videos on morzine um and um it's definitely i've skied there i've snowboarded there but i've never taken a bike there so yeah um but as you know it probably looks completely different without snow on it well this is the thing i've I've never been there in the winter Mm -hmm. um, but only been there in the summer um yeah but yeah, it's, I've been to a few other places and it's almost unrecognisable what it's like without Yeah, yeah it's yeah. crazy, man. But th- these areas are amazing. They're beautiful. They have clean, fresh air. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's a good place to be. Yeah. All right, bud. Nice one, nice one. Well, listen, Jimmy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I do appreciate you coming on and having a chat with us and filling us in. And um, as I say... The Morzine videos are coming out now, first one today, and then the next, uh, the following two over the next two weeks. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having us on the podcast. It's you're nice. more, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. We're a, we're a community here. We got to stick together. Eh? That's it. Well, I hope <laughs> you come and see us out in uh, 
out in France on one of these holidays. Yeah, yeah. I'll get this shoulder back to speed, and then um, I'm yeah. certainly going to make a few plans. Yeah, good so. stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Jamie. Have a great day, bud. All right. Thanks a lot, Gareth. Cheers. That's a wrap for episode 101, folks. Thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for tuning in. And Jamie, thanks for coming on the show, bud. And uh, your Morzine stuff is really insightful and I hope to get out there at some stage with you and uh, see what all the fuss is about. I'm sure I will not be disappointed. So good luck in the rest of the season and good luck with the YouTube channel and everything else you've got going on there. Now, folks, if you want to know more about Jamie, what he's up to, get in contact find out all his different social links and stuff just simply go to mtb-tribe.com go to jamie's show notes episode 101 and you will find quick links there to access jamie's content now the best way to help and support the show is subscribing rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts every one of your ratings helps boost us on apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people Now, if you're not on Apple, you can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. Um, We have a website also that you can visit, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue. Listen and download every show there. You can just search on the search bar on the right-hand side once you go into a show and check out all our back catalogue. It's all free to listen to. You can pick and choose what is of interest to you. Now you can also subscribe via the website and get one email per week with a quick link and synopsis to each guest and uh, you can listen to the show via the email. You just click on the link and it takes you straight through to the episode so that's good and easy for you. You can also get involved on social media. We are at MTV on Instagram and Facebook and please share with friends. Take screenshots, share the show is the best way to get the word out there and this is how this podcast survives via word of mouth so thanks so much for doing that folks if you're getting involved that way before you go folks just a quick word from matt sanders and his very very cool alaska mountain bike group facebook page and uh, matt's such a cool guy he was on the show back in the day and um, it was great to get him on just to give you some tips on how he believes you could best get interested in mountain biking because those guys are keen it's cold in alaska as we all know so if anybody's keen and anybody knows how to get involved it's matt so let's have a quick listen to matt and what he has to say well that's a great question i think there's two viable options so for new riders uh, the best way of getting information regarding like what kind of bike you need for that particular area that they're in um, will come from the local bike shop. So I know it could be a little intimidating for some folks um, who aren't bike riders, who we call like newbies, um, to go into a bike shop, but they have wealth of knowledge. Um, everything from knowing you know what kind of bike will be best suited for the trails that the person's wanting to ride, to the tire choices, um, and where, so um, the clothing, uh, what kind of jerseys and shorts are um, best for that area. Those kind of questions can also be found through like social media type esque groups, um, like that Alaska Mountain Biking page group that we're a part of. Um, we have a lot of people that'll post up, um, hey, you know, I'm a new rider, you know, where's a good trail system to ride? and 
um, what kind of bikes are great for this area. So that's a great um, option as well because it's less intimidating than going into a bike shop. The only problem with that is you get a lot of different opinions. So um, you kind of have to be careful when um, reading through some of those responses because they might not be uh, the best. You know what I mean? Uh, also, is you can... Another viable option is going on like mtbr.com and going on the forums and they have breakdowns from regions and countries and so you can go into those subgroups and uh, also post up questions there and just start reading where other people are riding because um, likely the questions that you have have already been asked so you can kind of search through those different groups and um, start reading what other people have already answered. Thanks, Matt. Awesome, bud. Some great tips there for everybody to get involved. I hope everything's good with you, and I will speak to you in the near future. So thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can also reach me via email if you wish, info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read every email, and I will get back to you. So thanks again for tuning in, folks, and I hope you go out in the trails and stay MTB stoked.